0: Well, it's my privilege to be with you this morning. You know, a few years ago, I was crying out to God and asking God, Lord, I have a passion for preaching your word, but I would like another job that will complement my speaking ministry, that will allow me to reach others. And I have a passion for children and young people. And in 2011, God saw fit through conversations with Sandy Roloffs, who some of you know, because the Roloffs kids came here to the Potter's House. I was called by God, I genuinely believe, to be a discipleship volunteer. Five years later, God opened up the door for me to be a temporary employee here in the fall Of 2016 as the high school that you now sit in was coming together. And then God further has blessed me by giving me the opportunity to become a permanent employee here. I can honestly say that I have a job where I love to wake up on Monday morning. I don't always love to get out of bed on cold winter mornings. That's another conversation. But I love to get up and come to work. And my winters have much more meaning now that I can come to school and work with people that have not only become really good friends, but also have become family. This month, or this quarter, we are considering the parable or the story of the rich man and Lazarus. And the reason I say the story Is because often when Jesus tells a parable, he doesn't give us any specifics about the people in the parable. He just says, these people did this. But he names Lazarus. He gives Lazarus his name. So I firmly believe that this was a true story. And whether it was a true story or a parable, either way it has great lessons to teach us. I have 3 points today and well first of all let me give you my title of my sermon today. That title is Rich Man or Lazarus, which one are you? My first point is death does not discriminate. Looking at Luke 16:19 to 22, Jesus says this. Starting in verse 19. There was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. And there was a beggar named Lazarus. Hang on just a second. And there was a a certain beggar named Lazarus, which was laid at his gate, full of swords, and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sword. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. So we have two people, and they both have the same result. May I encourage you to know this thing. As Ray Comfort often says when he speaks. One out of one people die. It's a 100% surety that short of Jesus coming back. While we are still alive. We will experience death. Now I'll be the first to admit to you that I. Do not look forward to the process of dying. My dream, if I could die in any sort of way, it would be on my 100th birthday after eating my birthday cake. I go to bed and I don't wake up. I wake up in glory. That would be my dream if I have to die. I really hope that Jesus comes back while I'm still here serving him. But that would be my dream because I know that there's a certain amount of suffering in death even for the believer it's not a pleasant process often but it does not discriminate either over the last decade or so I've lost many people that were young in my life who would be considered in the prime of their lives and perhaps the greatest and latest example for us was a couple of weeks ago on a Sunday afternoon. I'm driving home from church and I get this announcement from my ESPN app that Kobe Bryant has died in a helicopter crash. A helicopter, cra- a helicopter trip that he has no doubt taken many times. He actually took the helicopter so that he could spend more time with his family because it, it helped him beat California traffic. And we still don't know all the reasons that that crash happened, but we do know one thing. At the time that that crash happened, nine people entered into eternity. So the question is, are we ready to enter eternity? That's an important question that we all have to ask ourselves. Because you notice there's a poor man in this story, and then there's Lazarus. Who fared sumptuously every day. You know, it's good to have things. And I don't think the point of this parable is that because the rich man was rich, that's why he he went to hell. I don't think that's the point of the story. Because there are rich people that God uses. If we didn't have people like the DeVosses and Van Andels in Grand Rapids, we wouldn't have very much of what we enjoy As far as our downtown. Because they've been very generous with their money. But the point being here is that um, we have to be prepared for the end of our lives. And it doesn't matter how much stuff you accumulate. The ground is level at the foot of the cross. Jesus didn't care that this man was dressed in fine purple, that he fared sumptuously every day. He doesn't even give us his name. But he just says the rich man died. And you know what? Once he died, he didn't have any of those things anymore. So, what does that mean for us? It means that we need to be prepared... For the end of our lives. Have you ever thought about how you want to be remembered in eternity? I remember when I was younger and I was in high school and I was homeschooled. And one of the assignments that my mom gave us was to write an epitaph. An epitaph is something that goes on your gravestone. And so I, I thought about it. And what I came up with was. He loved the Lord his God. And as I have gone through this life of trials. And difficulties and physical pain. I have clung to that. You may be struggling right now. As I was as a teenager, maybe you're 14, 15 years old and you don't know which way is up and you wonder why God even has you here and your parents made you come to this place called the Potter's House and you can't stand the rules and you hate the dress code. But let me tell you something, there is a God who loves you. And the people that have been called to teach you here in this in this school love him and they want you to love him as well. And when I was 13, my baby brother died at three months of age. And at that point I hit rock bottom and I said, God, I don't want to live anymore. And I went out to the front yard of my house. I lived just a couple blocks down from here actually. And I looked at the car's speeding down Byron Center Avenue, and I said, if I could just get up the courage to go in front of one of those cars, maybe it would all be over. I would not be in pain. My family would be free of taking care of me. Everything would be better. Because my life here stinks. But fortunately, God got a hold of me He held on to me through the toughest year of my life. And when I was 14 years old, he said, Andrew, stop running your life. You don't do a very good job of it. Let me on the throne of your life for real. Because I already was a believer. I already was following him as much as I knew how. But he said, let me call the shots. Because I kept making excuses about why I couldn't serve him. And he said, let me use you to serve me. And when I got to that point, I realized that he could do great and mighty things for me. And being at the potter's house is just one of those many things. But kind of back to our message here. We all have a need. And that need can't be filled through things. God allows us to use things, he allows us to use possessions, but we cannot be fulfilled through them. We can only be fulfilled when we have a relationship with our creator. And there's another interesting story that I just want to point to really briefly and then we'll move on. And that is a story about a, a blind man on the side of the road. I want you to listen to this passage from Luke eighteen thirty-five to 43. And I want you to listen for how this man came to Jesus. And it came to pass that as he was come nigh unto Jericho, a certain blind man sat by the wayside begging and hearing the multitude pass by, he asked what it meant. And they told him, Jesus of Nazareth passed by, and he cried, saying, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And they which went before rebuked him and said that he should hold his peace. But he cried all so much more, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood and commanded him to be brought to him. And when he was come near, he asked him, saying, What wilt thou that I should do unto thee? And he said, Lord, that I may receive my sight. And Jesus said unto him, Receive thy sight. Thy faith has saved thee. And immediately he received his sight and followed him glorifying God. And all the people when they saw it gave praise to God. Now I have a question for you. If that blind man had just let Jesus go by and not done anything to get to Jesus, would he have, would he have received his sight? No. No. But he was desperate to get to Jesus. And that's how we need to be in our lives. That's how we need to be toward God. Because we don't know how much time we have. You could leave this parking lot today with whoever your ride is and die in a car crash. That's the reality of it. I had a friend who was 32 years old, mother of three children, And she died in November of 2012 because she was stopping to avoid hitting a deer, and the man behind her didn't slow down, and she was killed instantly. She wasn't planning to die. She had plans. She and her husband were even talking about possibly having another baby. But God knew. So the second point is, your eternal destiny is fixed at death. I think we need to grasp this. Sometimes people say, well, well, there's purgatory. We can pray for the dead and hope that they end up in the right place. But this passage doesn't really teach that. If we look at verses 23 to 26, we read, And in hell, this being the rich man, he lifted up his eyes, being in torment, and seeth Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus, that he may dip the tip of his finger in water, and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receives thy good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things. But now he is comforted, and you are tormented. And beside all this, there is a great, between you and us, there is a great gulf fixed, so that they that would pass from hence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us Um, that would come from hence. So we have a situation where we're in two fixed locations, either hell or hell. Or in this case, Abraham's bosom. Why is it called Abraham's bosom? Because at this point, Jesus had not died and rose again and opened up heaven. But the point being that there was two fixed locations where you could spend your eternity. And you had to make a decision to do that. There was no way for them to pass through. And it might be very easy if we stop there to think that the reason is because of riches, or the reason is because of poverty. It's not that. But I will tell you this. In the book of Proverbs, it says, Lord, don't give me too much that I forget you. Don't give me too little that I curse you. Give me just enough so that every day I give you praise. That's an Andrew Gomeson paraphrase, but that's basically what it says in Proverbs chapter 30. I think that's why Jesus taught us to pray, give us this day our daily bread. So our eternal destiny is fixed at death. Consider this verse. He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. And he that believeth not on the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. Now does uh, does that seem to indicate a third choice? No, it does not. We use the phrase often, I'm on the fence. I haven't made a decision. But a decision not to follow Christ is a decision to allow yourself to be placed in the fires of hell. Why? Because God cannot tolerate sin. But he sent Jesus Christ to pay the penalty for sin and to take it away. That's the living hope that we talked about just a few moments ago in Psalm. the second verse is this and as it is appointed unto men once to die but after this the judgment see we're all we're all going to be judged but when I am judged as a believer I have a defense attorney his name is Jesus and he's going to stand up on my behalf and he's going to say Andrew's sins are paid for there's nothing that I can do to get into heaven all I can do if they ask me when I get to heaven why should I let you in I'll say because of Jesus There's one name, under heaven, given among men whereby we must be saved. It is Jesus. So where does that leave us? It leaves us with our third and final point, which is choose now. And this will give you a little bit more insight into that it's not just about rich and poor. If you look at Luke 16, 27 to 31 we read then he said I pray thee therefore father that thou wouldest send him to my father's house for I have five brethren that he may testify unto them lest they also come to this place of torment Abraham saith unto him they have Moses and the prophets let him hear them and they said nay father Abraham but if one went to them from the dead they will repent and he said unto them if they hear not Moses and the prophets neither will they persuade it though one rose from the dead. You know, a lot of times people say, well, if God would just prove himself to me, then I would believe. But you know what the Bible says? The Bible says that if you seek, you will find the definitive article. So if you're truly seeking God, you will find him. The Bible says that the heavens declare the glory of the Lord, and that nature beareth witness For God, so that all men are without excuse. Jesus was pointing out to these religious leaders the point that... I'm going to rise from the dead and you're still not going to believe. As a matter of fact, they paid the Roman guards money to say that the disciples stole the body. Because they did not want to believe. Why? Because they said, if people believe in Jesus... He will sway the nation away from us. We'll lose our popularity. Well, you know what? The popularity that we have on this earth matters nothing in the kingdom of God. People have talked about Kobe Bryant for weeks because he was popular, because he was a good athlete. I'm not taking away anything from that. He was. And fortunately, it sounds like he was also a good father and husband and that he that he very possibly might have known the Lord himself. But that's the important part of the situation because in God's eyes, nothing was different from Kobe Bryant and the other seven people. Kobe and Gigi and the other seven people that died, they were all equal in his eyes. It's not about who you are, it's not about Who you know, it's about who you know. In Matthew 7, 7, it says, Ask and it shall be given unto you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it will be opened to you. My friends, if you want to find peace in the Lord Jesus Christ, I would love to talk to you personally. During any lunch that we have. Just come find me and say that you want to ask questions. I would love that. Because in the moment that you trust Jesus Christ, you are passed from death to life. It's a promise from God. So, I go back to our original question. The rich man or Lazarus, which one are you? Are you poor in spirit? Do you realize that all that you have comes from God and that you would be nothing without Him? That's where we need to be as believers in Jesus Christ. We need to realize that we are nothing, but He is everything. In closing, I will just say this. He said... Without me, you can do nothing. But he also said, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. It's Christ who makes the difference. As you go to your discipleship groups, I hope that you will have some profitable um, discussions. Um, So make sure that you grab discussion questions on your way out. Well, let's close in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for the opportunity to be here to learn from this story. Lord, I thank you that you uh, took that gulf, that you spanned that gulf for us. And I just want to thank you for uh, reaching hold of my life, laying hold of me, and and not letting me go until I surrender to you. And I, I pray the same for those in this audience, that you would just hound them, Lord, C.S. Lewis called you the hound of heaven. And I pray that you would be the hound of heaven for these boys and girls. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.